0: So welcome back to the Queen City Roundup podcast, um, where we try and tell you all the sports news, but there is none. But we'll try to do our best to uh, go ahead and give you the best content that we can. For the first time in the very short history of our show coming together, we have a guest for the first time ever. So we have Nikki Giordano here with us. So thanks for coming on, Nikki. If you want to just go ahead and give a little debrief on on what you do, what your interests are, and whatnot, so I will throw the floor to you.
1: Awesome, sounds good. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, My name is Nikki Giordano. I am the CEO and founder of Pucker Up Sports, which is a 100% woman-run hockey publication. Uh, We kind of cover a little bit of everything. We started in D.C., um, have expanded to five cities we do cover the toronto maple leafs um boston bruins tampa bay lightning philadelphia flyers um yeah and i also host the locked on capitals podcast uh, do a ton of caps and bears coverage um I guess that's all of my background. I'm horrible at talking about myself. Um, I live in Washington, D.C., and I'm slowly dying without sports. I've realized that hockey is my only personality trait. So <laughs> with the season paused, I've been quite boring. Um, but, yeah, kind of my <laughs> message and my deal is just spreading the importance of um, hockey for everyone um, and hockey for for women and men in the sports industry.
0: Yeah so while um while you do mention hockey in the in the women's industry one big thing that has happened uh one positive thing that has happened despite obviously all the craziness going on around us because it feels like we're getting hit with you know grenades of news like left right and center but we have had some positive news uh having a NWHL team coming to Toronto which is a huge deal because uh I uh, I could, I think I could speak for Joey as well, even though he's kind of been very quiet. I've kind of been doing all the talking. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think I speak for a lot of people when I could say that women's sports uh, and women's hockey especially uh, is something that I would love to see like spotlighted, especially when looking at how well hockey does in Canada and, and whatnot. I'm glad that, especially after the CWHL folded, that now we're kind of seeing that, that branch going outward. So uh, I'll let Joey get his thoughts on it too. And then we'll, we'll go to Nikki and we'll go around that way. So.
2: Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's good to see the game definitely growing. Like it's, um it's good that like now, like, unfortunately the CWH uh, folded was not not ideal, but now it's good to see that like there could be just like one league just like, unifying uh, alright so yeah pretty cool see, hopefully they still get the, they get um, stuff all under control in the sense of because the woman's uh, hockey strike is still going on right that's still uh,
0: um, I'm not entirely sure about if it is still going on I'm not sure I would like to think that it's ended because you know they're seeing a lot more um coverage yeah a lot more growth a lot more coverage um but then again it's unfortunately buried because everyone is still very um what's the word i'm looking for very um negative and pessimistic towards it um
2: yeah it was just so unfortunate i hated like like when the team was announced and like you look on like in the comment section especially on instagram twitter like i didn't really see much pushback on it then like on instagram like under like the announcement of the toronto of the the toronto six like logo and all that you saw like a bunch of those like just like douchebags just like oh woman talking it's like shut up man
0: i think i i conveniently like sent a a response to one of the guys that was in the comment i think i just said that this guy looks like he eats like three bags of cheetos and like plays Fortnite all day and he doesn't know what he's doing. So <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely mm-hmm. like it was heated at the time. And I know like the guy probably didn't deserve like a response, but like everyone was responding and I was just kind of like, grow up. Um, so yeah. uh, I'll throw the question to Nikki here. So as you know, somebody who is involved in sport as much as you are, like you said, you know, you're mainly based in Washington and you're, you're covering all things hockey. How big do you think, Or how much do we want to see the NWHL um, basically not only succeed, but also thrive in the same level as the NHL currently is?
1: I think it's so important. I think that one of the most important um, parts of women's hockey and professional women's hockey thriving is that young women are able to kind of have athletes to look up to. Um, I think that, you know, when I was born, it was such a world where people are like, oh, like, I want to have a boy so we can play hockey, you know? Um, but it's like, no, why don't you want to have a girl so she can play hockey too? Um I think it's having young girls be able to have idols to look up to and have these incredible athletes get to the point where they don't have to uh, work a full-time job and then, you know, play hockey as well, because that's a reality for literally every professional uh, woman's athlete. They have to, you know, completely have a full-time life. Most of them are moms as well as working full-time to pay the bills and then playing hockey. And Hockey is such a demanding sport on your body, so it really stings that they're not able to make a full-time career out of it. Um, So I think that's a really important thing to put into consideration when you're thinking about the women's hockey thriving in different cities. Um, I think that I really want to see it go to every major city. I want it to go everywhere the NHL is. I think that's probably, you know, the ideal um, would love to see it come down here to DC. It'd be great. Um, I'm really happy to see it back in Toronto, though. I know that there are so many hardworking people within the women's hockey um, organizations and stuff up in Toronto, and they're working really hard to get the Six, you know, out there and get it the publicity that it deserves. They have signed a ton of talent, which is really exciting, Um, and I personally think the logo and the name is pretty badass, so, like, I'm pumped to get a shirt um, or a hat, (laughs) so I think that it's just, you know, all about getting it out there and getting it the proper um, news and reporting that it deserves. Um, One thing that I've kind of noticed, and obviously right now everyone is getting laid off throughout sports in general, but... You know, in, in major cities like Boston, there's really only, like, one woman hockey journalist right now, um, which is just absolutely crazy. So, you know, they're not getting the coverage they deserve, so I don't know how they expect the game to grow when it's not getting covered properly, but um, there's a lot of work to be done, but I think we're going in the right direction.
0: So yeah, like, I the... could... Oh, no, go ahead, Joey, sorry, I didn't sorry. cut you off.
2: <laughs> so, with all that being said, like, do you see, like, in the future, maybe, like, like sort of like a situation similar to like the NBA and WNBA where it's just like they have they have revenue sharing and it's like more of a partnership. Do you ever do you see that with the NHL in the future, or do you think that that they can uh, thrive being independent?
1: I think that's a really good question. Honestly. I don't know. I think it's so early on to tell, um, and they haven't really been able to – I'm trying to think of how to word this properly. The league hasn't been able to sustain itself, not at any fault of their own, just they haven't gotten support from the outside. So, you know, I think that there are pluses and and minuses to each situation. I think that, obviously, having the NHL behind their back and promoting them is huge. Um, I would like to see them kind of be able to thrive on their own. Uh, I just think there are so many questions that still would need to be answered and it's still in, you know, such early phases. I do think, however, the NWHL going to Canada instead of there being like an American League and a Canadian League, I think that's really important for the growth. Um, so... Obviously, it was really sad seeing the CWHL um, fold last season. And I actually had a girl up there for Pucker Up that covered the CWHL All-Star game. And it was a really great experience. And there's just so much talent. Um, But I think that we're still a long way away from, you know, kind of seeing if it will be able to thrive on its own or even with the NHL. Um, I think it's just still too early to really to know
0: yeah and then another thing just to to touch on you know the whole revenue sharing thing with the n h l um i think um with the way that the n h l is right now, i think that it would be beneficial for both leagues if there was a partnership definitely. because um obviously there was the whole backlash about you know obviously the c w h l folding you know people i don't want to say putting pressure but definitely like you know nudging the n h l towards doing something like you know the NBA and the WNBA and having that revenue sharing connection um I think myself and Joey uh won't be the first to say that the NHL is definitely a league that is still in the best in the most polite way possible tripping over itself when you know things are obviously they think they're going right but obviously are not Um, now granted obviously a lot of it like like you said before Nikki like it's definitely a lot of it is out of control like out of people's control, but I think to be completely honest, like there's so much growth to be doing and I'm hoping like, obviously like I don't mean to bring up the whole elephant in the room and talking about the current state of the world, but you know, I'm hoping that once, you know, everything sorts sort of starts to, you know, stabilize downward and everything starts to hopefully, you know, return back to the way it was two, three months ago, which by the way, doesn't it feel like years in my own in my opinion like this whole entire thing was literally like two months ago and it's just like oh okay it totally doesn't The leafs like lost to
2: a to a zamboni driver only three months ago yeah. it
0: was only three months ago <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah that was uh that was a really weird time and it almost makes me like wish i still had that game now because <laughs> it makes it makes us feel spoiled that we all. I miss uh, I
2: miss the Leafs breaking my heart, man. I just want that back. <laughs> so
0: so speaking of heartbreak, um, I guess we'll we'll branch off into the the 24 playoff, uh, 2014 playoff format right now, um, that the NHL is currently looking at doing, uh, and to my knowledge and to many others' knowledge, they are currently having a vote, um, from all of the owners. Um, all of the, you know, GMs, players, players association are currently involved. Um, so the same question I'll throw to both, uh, both Joey and Nikki here, because both, uh, both of our teams are like, Nikki, you stated it you're a Caps fan and me and Joey are unfortunately Leaf fans. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, before finding out how the 24 playoff team format would look, prior to about a day or two ago when we actually saw how the format would be what were your initial thoughts on that because uh i i can speak for me and joey it was not kind
1: yeah i oh my gosh i'm gonna be such a party pooper but i honestly just kind of don't really want hockey back at all right now um i hate the like rules and regulations that they put about pretty much like contactless hockey, which I don't know how you can have hockey without contact. So I don't, don't want it. Um, but with that, you know, 24 team playoff format, I think there's good and bad in it. I actually don't like the fact that my team would have a bye week. Like, this has been a bye months. I just kind of want to get back and play, and if we do play, and I think that all of the athletes want to get onto the ice, and, you know, the more games they play and the more, um, you know, game time and ice time, I think that's actually kind of important. Um, I know my boyfriend is a huge Penguins fan, and he is pissed that, you know, they'd have to play the Habs, um, he's like annoyed, thinks that he's earned the bye week or whatever. But it's just, I don't know, it's such a a weird, um, uh, just a weird time. And I also kind of think there's also been, like, that whole discussion about the asterisks next to like the Stanley Cup. And I totally agree with that. I don't think the Stanley Cup will mean as much this year. I'm just going to be honest. Um, it's just, you know, they've had so much time to heal and be healthy. And for me, I think one of like the interesting parts about the Stanley Cup playoffs is that players are playing through, you know, so much injury and they're exhausted. And that's what makes it so coveted you know winning the cup so right now they're rested and I don't know it's just it's just too different for me I also kind of worry about you know having those hub cities and players kind of just quarantined away from their family and like basically what like trapped in a hotel room I don't know it's super weird to me um I don't love the 24 team format but I'm not sure if there's another format that like I would necessarily really like so definitely a party pooper but (laughs) that's just my thoughts
2: Um, yeah, like, Matthew knows my thoughts about it. It's, uh, I just think it's the whole thing is just, like, stupid. It just shows yet again how behind the, how behind the eight ball the NHL is in literally everything (laughs) compared to every other, like, North American sports league. It's like, you don't need 24 teams. Just have a regular playoff. Use points percentage to determine who would be there. You didn't make it. Sorry. It's a weird year with weird circumstances. There's nothing we can do about it. There's, like, points percentage, and then you just do the same format as you would usually do if you wanted to go back. But I do agree with Nicky in the sense that I just don't think they should come back at all, because then next season's going to get delayed. It's just going to, like, the long-term effect of it is just, just I think, overtakes, like, the, the need to, like, uh, award Stanley Cup this season. So it's just, like... like because uh, we need like what if if there is a Canadian hub city, they're going to have to quarantine for two weeks um, by law. So the season won't start until after June, at the very least. That's if like they, they announced that today that they're going to start. So uh, it's I, I just don't I just think they should just scrap it do the draft and just start again in, in September with training
0: camp and all that. Well, to kind of piggyback off of that, because, um, like, again, like, no, I don't want to bring up the elephant in the room as much as possible, but like, but the whole situation that's currently going on globally, like, it, to piggyback off of what Nikki said, like, yeah, like, hockey's not going to be the same as it was. Like, you could, like, if you look at similar sports, like, um, like, one that really sticks out to me is like, you know, basketball, for example, like with the NBA, um i read this last night um when we recorded our other show takes from the nosebleeds which i'm going to plug that because why not i'm a i'm a good little boy um but uh basically like you know adam silver is taking the proper precautions with his players uh and you know with all the other medical professionals to make sure if we do this we want to do this right and i don't think that the nhl is necessarily having the same um you know resources and the same talks. Granted, you know I'm sure that they have they don't have as many resources and connections that the NBA has. And um, looking like online and looking at how several sports are going to come back, a lot of the the benefits that like you know leagues like the NFL, the NBA, and the MLB have is they have those big time contracts with uh, with networks like they have good connections with ESPN and Fox and and whatnot. The NHL like with their NBC deal, like I don't know the exact numbers, but like from what I've heard like the NBC deal is not working out as well as they would have hoped. Uh and then same thing going along with the their Canadian side and the deal with Sportsnet has not necessarily generated as much revenue as they would have hoped for once they purchased and made those contracts. I think it was 2015 was when they officially made those uh deals with the uh, with NBC and Sportsnet. I could be wrong. And also, like, you know, with all the rule changes, like, you know, you can't have hockey without the same, you know, normal play as as usual. Like, you know, like when you look at hockey, you think of, you know, bench clearing brawl. Okay, not so much anymore, but like you think of like, you know, bench clearing brawls and like, you know, uh, drama amongst teams. And, you know, like 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 Nikki said before, like, you know, people being battered and like having those like playoff scars. Like I think the number one uh example in a lot of people's minds is patrice bergeron who had a broken everything in the in the 2013 run which made me feel a little bad even though we we don't talk about 2013 Um, but anyway um yeah (laughs) i i just think like and also what
2: you're saying is brad brad marshall definitely won't be licking people this year
0: oh god (laughs) yeah no can Um, he
2: control
1: himself
0: doing that though i don't know i I mean i don't know what like and also like what really sucks is like um like we had so many like matchups this year like before obviously the playoffs uh, and the season went on hold um like i think everybody wanted to see the battle of alberta considering what we already saw in the regular season like and the last encounter ended with a goalie fight like i i'm just waiting for like you know dave Tippett and um What's the – what's the other – oh, Jim Wolf, I think was his – or Jeff Ward or whatever his name is. I can't remember the Calgary coach. Um, That's how much I've completely not even paid attention to Calgary. Uh, Yeah, it was Jeff Ward. Okay, so I got it right the second time. Um, But I was just waiting for them to to go and scrap. But, like, obviously we can't have that now. Um, So um, I have the the 24 playoff uh, format uh, up here in front of me. So, um, Nikki, I know you said that, you know, know, your boyfriend would not like the whole Pittsburgh-Montreal format. If you were to choose between playing the Carolina Hurricanes and the Rangers in that terms of the format, because that would be the play-in round. Mm -hmm. I know it's been two months off, and I know things have changed, but which one would you rather see – and also, like, let's let's picture this in an ideal situation of like, you know, okay, fans are there, whatnot. Like, you know, which one would you rather see? Because you've played both of these teams within the last several years, and yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you have a lot of memories with both of them.
1: I do. I actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I just talked about in my podcast yesterday how. Uh, Both teams have brought Capitals fans some heartbreak. So uh, not really ideal. The Capitals are so weird in the fact that they are, I think, one of, if not the most skilled team in the league, yet they cannot beat teams that are way lesser than them, which drives me absolutely insane, Um, especially in the playoffs. I don't know what they do in the playoffs, but they just kind of tend to not show up a lot. Um, But I think I would much rather face uh, the Rangers this year than the Hurricanes. Uh, The Rangers are just, they're not the same Rangers team that's brought us heartbreak in the past. Uh, So I think they're just so young and they still have so much growth and Uh, yeah, I think that the Capitals should, God, I don't even want to say it, um, should easily (laughs) beat that team in a best of series, but, um, the Hurricanes, I don't know, they kind of just scare me a little bit. I think I'm still scarred from last year, not going to lie, uh, but I think that they are a super talented team. I don't think that they are in a rebuild as much as the Rangers are, so I definitely think that they're more of a threat, um, and the Capitals tend to just not play this hurricanes team very well for whatever reason.
2: Well uh, yeah, I think... the hurricanes definitely give me and Matthew uh, emotional scars.
0: <laughs> well well, okay, here's here's the thing. Like there's two different like Carolina hurricane teams to me. There's the team that you play and score eight goals on for, you know, two or three years in a row. And then there's the team that you uh you know lose to a Zamboni driver. And so it's like you know it's a double-edged sword more or less um, it's it's interesting
1: they're a weird it's a weird team because I feel like sometimes I'm like just like you said I'm like wow they're super talented and then sometimes I'm like mm, they not really so <laughs> I don't yeah, know <laughs> like
0: like I have their, I've always like, found
2: them like very interesting like,
1: yeah they're super interesting and the whole like the market down there everything it's very strange I haven't been to a game there but I have friends who went down and um they said they went to a bar like right next to to the arena and a bunch of people were like oh like what are you in town for and they're like oh like they're they're Flyers fans and they're like oh we're going to a Flyers game they're like oh well, who are the Flyers playing like, <laughs> <laughs> what <do you> mean? <laughs> like Like, they're playing your team so just like weird I don't think they have a horrible fan base but it's just a weird kind of a weird like stuff they have, a, they have a
2: small but passionate fan base I feel exactly
0: like yeah, I think it, that's true to me like growing up over the last like if we were to go back five years, like I was honestly expecting like the Hurricanes to fold just because like, you know, like they came to the league like after they like branched out from Hartford uh, and like they were doing really, really solid. Like they went to that cup final, got killed by the Red Wings, won a cup, I think, four years later because they went in '02. 2 I'm trying to see if my memory is good. Um, but yeah, they got killed by that Red Wings like somewhat dynasty. Um, and then, of course, they won the cup. A few years later but then like for a while like like post I want to say like post good Cam Ward but like you know Cam Ward started to decline like a lot of their players I, I basically for the longest time called Carolina the Least retirement residence um just because so many former players like ended up there like like me and Joey can contest like Lee Stepniak was uh was a hurricane for a little <laughs> Lee, bit. Lee
2: Stepniak played everywhere.
0: Yeah, uh, Yuri Tolusti was a was a Ooh, Hurricane for a little that's bit. A um There's another oh, Tim Gleason and uh, John Michael Lyles were both. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean John Michael Lyles was a Bruin too. I think he was was John Michael Lyles a Cap at one point. I think he was, or am I thinking? Oh, I'm thinking I think it's Tim Gleason.
2: You're bringing us back to some dark times, <laughs> man.
0: Throwing it all the way back. I mean, that's yeah. all you could do at this point is just look back on on things. And, you know, yeah,
2: looking like, back- I, I was just thinking the other day, like, I, I completely forgot that Jason Blake played on the Leafs and was actually pretty good.
0: Yeah. Like when you look back and um, like I one of the things that I'm doing, like for one of my um, like I, me and Joey write for a website uh, called Overtime Heroics. Uh, we'll shout them out because why not? Um, so one of the things that I'm doing is like I'll go back and look at like the, the drafts of the last like 10 years because I figure it's something I can do while you know, things are going on right now. And I look at, like, who got drafted where, and I'm just like, wait, what? Like, this person was, like, drafted with this pick? Like, like, what the hell is going on there? And I think, like, one of the ones that really, like, surprised me was I think it was, like, yeah, the first one I did was 2010, and I was just looking at it, and I was just like, why why would you pick this person? And I'm just like, you have, like, the first two picks. Like, okay, Taylor Hall went first. Okay, that's fine. Tyler Sagan went second. Okay, that's fine. Erica Branson went third. Like, I'm sorry, but, <laughs> but no. Like, I'm sorry. And then, like, as I got further in the list, like, I'm seeing, like, a lot of the players that went after the top ten. I'm just like, wow. Like, you know, like, uh, I think, yeah, like, Schwartz and Tarasenko went, like, two picks after each other. Um, Kuznestov was this, uh was in the draft 20. Like, he was, like, near the end of the first round, which is insane.
2: Kucherov was a second-round pick. He was a second-round pick. It. Yeah.
0: I think there's
1: so much good talent that, I don't know, it's like sometimes the draft is really telling of, you know, who's going to be a star, but they're in across all major sports. Like, there's so much talent that is not picked in the first round. Um, That's like so interesting to look back and see, like, how many stars in every sport were not like a first rounder.
2: Well, yeah. the Leafs this year at one point had sort of keep bringing it back to the Leafs, but. This is a Toronto based podcast. <laughs> um, um, at one point this year, they had their last three, like, they had like three seventh round picks in the lineup in Engval, Janssen. And who was the other? I,
0: I, ha- I have it here and I want to I test your knowledge on this one. Now, are, are, you talk- are you talking about who they drafted or who they had in the lineup?
2: No, no, like who they had in the lineup. And, like, they had, like, there's one game or a few games at least where they had, like, three of their three seventh round picks in the
0: lineup. Were they I know a or defenseman? Was it a forward or a defenseman? Because I have cat friendly have here. I don't remember. <laughs> this is my first time looking at cat friendly in, in weeks, by the way. Like I, I like uh like people that know me, like that go to school with me know like cat friendly is my hockey Bible. Um uh, I th- <laughs> I think like everyone, like it's like cat friendly um Hockey DB and Hockey Reference are like the holy trinity of like if you're ever bored yeah. and like you really want to like just look at stuff that's what I'll do and like I'll like looking at it right now especially like comparing um if the playoff uh the 24 playoff format happens which I think if the league does restart is the most likely scenario um you know seeing the Leafs play the Blue Jackets would be really weird because like if you went the, like a year ago and the Bruins
2: immediately like, after that
0: Oh, that you're assuming that we would beat the Blue Jackets. I I don't. Do you do you know who we root for here? Like, do you no, do? You no, I'm know not saying this? we're
2: gonna. Okay, yeah, I'm probably not gonna beat the Blue Jackets. I mean,
0: but... considering <laughs> like, considering looking at both of like Columbus's goalies and this season alone, they combined make about just a hair above two million dollars. Like, if we lose to that, and I know they signed extensions, but still to that. Now, um, speaking of goalies and extensions, um, I have my caps, uh, cap friendly here. And I actually have a really good question that I want to ask Nikki. I'm, I'm sure it's a question that she wants to avoid considering before <laughs> I the season. No way we're going with this. <laughs> so um, with a certain goalie by the name of Braden holby expiring, his, his deal is expiring at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. What do you see the crease looking like if Holby does not come back, or or what do you first of all, what do you think the probability of him coming back would be, and if he does not, what do you think it would look like in terms of goalies?
1: Um, so the probability of Holby coming back as a capital, I think, is negative fifty. Um, I think there's no chance that he is coming back as a cap, which really sucks. Okay, Emma, it really sucks because of how this season is ending or has played out because I think that as someone who's kind of grown in the capital system, I wish that he would have gotten like a proper send sendoff. Um, but we just can't afford him. And also like, I don't want to be that team that way overpays for a goalie. I think that he is insanely talented. I owe him everything. He has done so much for this organization, but I know that there's a team that is willing to overpay for him somewhere. And I don't want that to be us. We don't have the cap space. With that said, we have an insane amount of talent uh in goal that is young. I mean, we have two we have Vitek and Samsonov. At uh, Samsonov has done incredible this year. Um I covered the Hershey Bears this season and last season fully credentialed. I uh, really got to see both of them kind of grow and start to shine. I'm fully confident in Samsonov's skill and his role as our starting goalie. Um VTech is young and he's still developing, but I'm confident in him as our backup. Uh, We just, we have so much talent that I don't think that it'd be worth totally wrecking our cap space to get Holtby to stay. I mean, I guess that there is like a super small chance that he would take a hometown discount, but... I want him to go get paid, like go get your paycheck somewhere. We always know that every year there's that one team who looks real dumb, paying overpaying for a, a goalie. So someone will do it. Someone will pay him. I don't think it's going to be us. Um, I really am not too concerned. I think emotionally I'm upset to see him go, but I do have a lot of faith in the Capitals goaltending tending talent. Um, and the Capitals just young talent in general, there is, just so many amazing players that haven't even gotten a chance to really shine yet. So I'm confident.
0: Yeah. I think me and Joey feel the same about, uh, about our team. Like every single like player that every single player nowadays, because back then, like when, when players would sign in Toronto, it would probably be like, Oh wow, this is supposed to be really, really good. And like, this guy was really good in Europe or this guy was a really good prospect. And like, they just don't really pan out. And I think the one name that I I think of I don't know if Joey's thinking the, of this as well. Uh, it feels like a distant memory right now, but Nikita Sashnikov was Ooh. a player that I thought was going to be like at least a top nine forward with the team. But I mean, one he's back in the K now. Yeah, he's he's in the KHL now, which I don't know what's going to happen with the KHL right now, considering how you know crazy it is right now in terms of you know people getting sick in Russia um i know that they did experiment playing without fans in russia so if you ever want like a comparable about that i think i think the khl has a youtube channel i don't know i haven't personally like watched film of it because like okay if it was a lockout then yeah but i just haven't really been like watching a lot of like i'm trying my best to just watch like highlights on youtube instead of like you know like full live games just because, like, if I watch full live games, I'm just going to be like, wow, like, this is this is crazy. Um, but sp- so speaking of live crowds, um, considering we're not going to see them for, at the very least, about a year and a half, best-case scenario, considering if things revert back to their own norm, uh, I want to pose this personal question to Nikki because she experienced a really, really – well, two Washington-based teams, one – a championship for the first time within the last two years in mm-hmm. cap in the capitals and nationals
2: so full disclosure i'm hoping that the next one is is the washington redskins just because that's my football team but
0: <laughs> good <laughs> but luck that, yeah that's not that's not yeah, that yeah, that's that, that that just so- that's just like a, pun- a punch in the gut right now uh yeah, but really sorry so, that. <laughs> so just uh just to clarify here like you know i i have no doubt in my mind that like well first of all i'm I'm happy that, of course, you, you got both of those celebrations uh, before everything happened because it's, it's crazy. My, I had this argument with Joey. Well, not with Joey. I had this argument with Cole, one of our other guest hosts on our, our other show. And we were talking about how if a season continues and, say, a team wins a championship for either breaking a long drought or winning it for the first time, it would not count and it would be the equivalent of, like, a tree falling in the woods, but nobody, like, <laughs> around to hear it. So, just to clarify, if, knowing our luck, me and Joey, as, as Toronto-based sports fans, this will be the only way that the Leafs win anything. It'd be uh, the most Leafs are definitely winning the cup this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, just, you know, c- with that in mind, if you were to, say, go from a you know, parade of thousands and thousands of people outside of, like, the city, like, what would be – and you were to say go to just, I don't know, like, having a Zoom call. And, like, I had this this question in my head with every sport. How are you going to celebrate with the Stanley Cup?
1: It's, you can't. You can't. That's kind of where I stand, to, So I actually – A little backstory. i have moved around a lot after college. I graduated um, from George Mason in 2016 and then moved to Chicago that summer. So I actually got to see the Cubs win their World Series. Um, So I got to see that city celebrate, which was one of the most magical things I've ever experienced. Um, And then I'm not a Nationals fan. I am a Phillies fan. So really disliked the Nationals, but seeing the Nationals celebrate and seeing how much it meant to everyone, I was, you know, covering that as I cover DC sports. So I was at a lot of the major events and that was also really beautiful. And obviously the Caps, from what I can remember from when I wasn't completely blacked out, um, it was a great <laughs> celebration. So I think that, yeah, it's, it's just not the same. And it's a huge bummer that I don't think, you know, events of that Um, quality or, you know, that amount of people are going to happen for quite a while. So it's just, it's a huge bummer. (laughs) Like, I don't know. And I also don't know how they're going to keep cities from, from celebrating because, you know, when uh, you win a big game, you just watch the city. It's not, you know, even before the parade, everyone comes outside and everyone's getting drunk and celebrating. So like, oh my God, I can't imagine them trying to stop that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Cause like my, my worst like fears that I have, and like I think I've had this like nightmare. I think two or three times ever since this pandemic like officially like set in. But um I just had this thought of like you know things were starting to stabilize here, and then the Leafs win the cup, and it turns into like a almost the same as the Raptors uh celebration, Raptors parade minus the whole you know events that happened. Joey knows what I'm talking about during the uh the ceremony uh but and then like all of a sudden like we just basically you know people are gonna think it's worth it and then it's gonna be like yeah by the way like half of your population is sick now and we don't have a way yeah. to treat it so oops and yeah, it's like it's really it's crazy <laughs> like it i is. can't believe this is real it doesn't it
1: feel it's I know. just it's not <laughs> me, me and joey oh, went God.
0: Me and Joey went from uh, defending William Nylander to the public to, um, you know, basically listening to <laughs> all of the, like, every single person, at least on hockey Twitter now, has looked back and watched, like, some of the older games. Like, the I know they showed, at least in Canada, they showed the the Canada-Russia series uh, from mm-hmm. the 80s 80, uh, I think it was '89. I don't even know. So bad Actually, my memory, a basically. few
2: weeks ago, Sportsnet was showing the series between the Leafs and the Capitals from a few years ago, and that was that was a fun series.
1: That was I mean, a great you... series. That was one of my favorites. That was what 2007?
0: That was
1: 2016.
0: Yeah. It was the 2016-2017 yes. year. Yes. I you only remember that. the first round and then nothing else. I. I don't know. So like, I
2: thought we lost in six cool. games in the first round and we're so proud of ourselves for it.
1: <laughs> it was just super I thought like it was a really great matchup. That's funny that you mentioned that. It was like one of my favorite mm-hmm. um, matchups in recent um recent years. Just cause like so I do I'm like kind of a closet Leafs fan. Um but I liked mm-hmm. that year so the Leafs had so much young talent and it was just I thought it was a really great matchup and you guys like played with so much heart and passion. Um mm-hmm. that was just it was really fun to watch. It was a good a good first round matchup. Sometimes the first round's a little dull. That one definitely was not.
2: No, not at all. Yeah, I was at a Maple Leaf Square for when Tyler Bozak scored that, that overtime goal to put us up 2-1 in the series, and it was, it was it was crazy. That was like one of the best atmospheres I've ever been in.
0: And uh, uh, I with, steve i'll dangle
2: there. give him a high five on the way
0: up <laughs> oh yeah so i have okay i have two i have two story. actually no, i have a bunch of stories involving steve but i'll, I'll say i'll save them for like a, a little bit later if we get to them uh but i'll share my maple leaf square story first so i this was 2018 so this was you you already know where this is going because it, it's okay. it's the second time that we all got our heart broken by the black and yellow team that isn't the pittsburgh penguins um so I was like going leading up to it I was like okay they're down 3-1 they'll win game 5 and then that's it and then game 6 uh there was that whole situation here with um with that driver that was insane and I was like oh yeah I was I was at, I was, I was
2: at the Maple Leaf Square for that game and it was like definitely a different mood
0: yeah so in my head I was thinking like like I was texting my my buddy cuz I was this is my last year of high school and I was just like I text him, and I'm just like, see you at Maple Leaf Square? And he's just like, hell yeah, let's do it. So I got down there. First of all, pouring rain. So it was not – And I immediately regretted the decision at first. Uh, they were giving away ponchos, and uh, I did not get a poncho. So my – I had one of those, like, old leaf jerseys that, like, doesn't have a name on the back of it. So I was just like, okay, whatever. I'll, it's not like it's getting ruined that much. Uh and that was the day that like everything was going on at the same time like uh, C- uh Toronto FC was playing uh for their the Com- CONCACAF championships the Jays were playing across the Marley's, street um the Raptors it was a Marley's were game 7 I don't think I don't know I think that was something that was later on in the Or no
2: I just remember there's a Raptors playoff game too and that the it Raptors was. were
0: home Yeah the Raptors were at home so because they're at home they got the the screen above um they got the screen so above. Uh, so should, it was ACC at the time. Good, yeah. sir. So oh, we had we had this little crappy, dinky, uh, like, LED two LED screens that was playing the same commercial of Patrick Marlowe painting his garage maple leaf blue to the point where we were just chanting, paint it blue. And then whenever, like, the, it turned <laughs> blue, we were just like, yeah, like, we were just losing our mind. And then they couldn't get the whole first period. Like, they got like the last half of the first period on the screen. So we had to watch on some dude's phone. And like, he was literally burning his data. And like, some guys were like, Someone drop a hotspot. This man's burning his data. And like, I'm, and like, the guy's girlfriend's like texting him during the game. And I'm just like, Buddy, you better marry that girl. Like, instantly. And he's just like, It's coming. It's coming. So the first two (laughs) goals that Patrick Marlowe scored, I did not see. Um, and then I, I called the Casper Capitan goal. I I knew he was gonna score a goal. I called that. And then uh, yeah, we don't talk about the rest. So.
2: Yeah, the game was, ended after the captain goal.
0: Yeah, my friend found <laughs> 20 bucks right after that, and instead of keeping it, he spent it on coffee because that's all you do when you find 20 bucks in uh in a crowded area. So it's always <laughs> fun. Uh, yeah. So. I think to be completely honest, like if hockey comes back, I don't know if I'll watch it as closely as I normally would. Because like I'm definitely not watching it. Well, like you saw with the I don't know, like I don't know if you saw Nikki, but like the with the German soccer league when they came back, like it just looked so like it looked so weird. Like the athletes looked it's so scary. Right. Yeah, it's it looked so it looked scary. It looked like the athletes looked very disengaged. They looked like they didn't want to do it. Um, like scoring a goal was nowhere near as exciting because like it's literally just like people waving at you and you're just like, yeah, yeah, I scored a goal, whatever. And it, make, <laughs> it makes me look kind of snobby. And I'm just like, no, I don't want that. Like, that's, Actually, there that's was one
2: team, I think, I think it was Dortmund, when like after the game, like, you know, like soccer, like the soccer team will go to like, in front of the supporter section, and just like do that thing where, like they lift their arms and clap at them and all that. So like they started doing that with nobody, and I just thought it was really funny. Um,
0: funny. The, weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest part was the the substitutions sitting on the like close yeah they're to work sitting the in, in the stands. That was that <laughs> was weird. Um, and also like okay to be fair, you could do hockey without fans just because you think of like you know when you're. When you look at, like, young kids playing hockey in, like, a local rink and there's, like, just the parents there to support them.
2: Well, the Islanders have been doing that, so.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we we, we can't go without ripping on the Islanders. It's also, by the way, looking at the, the 2014, like, format, like, I, I looking at the, the East Coast, like, P- the winner of Pittsburgh and Montreal will play Philly. So it's going to be basically Philly and Pittsburgh again in the first round. Because why not? A much different Philly-Pittsburgh, I feel like this year, though. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I think one, one, one of the Philly's questions the I was going to ask, ones. one of the questions that I was going to ask is like, who would you pick, Tristan Jari or Ilya Samsonov? Because they're both basically the same, making dirt cheap, and were essentially the backups.
1: I'm yeah. gonna stick with my Samsonov because I like him and I hate anything Penguins related. Um I try to not be biased and think logically, but that doesn't work when it comes to anything penguins related. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> looking, looking at the penguins like right now, like looking at their team, um, I would argue that their defense core is ten times worse than the Leafs defense core. Arguably, I mean, they have it's like Crystal Tang, Justin Schultz, guy, name guy, Jack Johnson, other guy, guy yep. prospect, like throwaway, like I don't know. I... I think that
1: when the penguins' defense is healthy, that they're okay. It's just a matter of keeping their defense healthy, which it doesn't seem like they're very good at doing. Um, I honestly just like kind of think the penguins Oh god, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my (laughs) word from saying this. I know that I am like it's kind of reminding me of like the blackhawks i I think there's a ton of talent still there but i think that their run is, is done um and i again i'm gonna fucking eat my words like watch them win the damn cup this year and this is gonna be on like hot takes exposed but i don't know i just i think that there's obviously so much talent i think that malkin's incredibly talented i obviously crosby it goes without saying um but it just they don't seem to like click in the same way. Um and not just because they got swept last year in the playoffs. I mean, it's just fun to bring that up. But I don't know. I kind of just think that when the same thing that happened with the Blackhawks. When you win so many times that you just like you don't have the desire to win as much. Um, You can say that you do, but it just it's not there. It kind of dwindles. Um and the team is is getting older. So I don't know. I I don't consider the Penguins as much as a threat anymore. That's not to say they couldn't, you know, get another cup. They're a great playoff and and finals team, but um, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of young talent that's kind of starting to show themselves. And I actually think the Flyers are pretty dangerous. Would have been much more dangerous if they had momentum, they had going. I think they probably were the team that got screwed the most by all of this. Um, But... I would take Flyers out of in a flyers pen series, not just because I hate the Penguins. I think that – I think the Flyers kind of have what it takes to be able to beat the Pens, and I think they would have a ton of momentum if they did.
0: I think, to be completely honest, I want to see Philly and Pittsburgh play each other because it's going to be, okay, which GM built the team the weirdest? Because if you look (laughs) at, like – Like, if you look at, like, okay, like, I think Chuck Fletcher is – I don't think he deserves the job that he has, but I digress. And, like, I'm looking at, like, their defense, and I'm just like, what is this? Like, I'm so confused. Uh, and, like, looking at, like, okay, if I were to compare, like, the Penguins defense and the Flyers defense, I would still pick the Penguins, even though, like, the Flyers have two defensemen that I really, really like, and, and Ivan Provorov and Shane Gothis Bear. I mean, there was rumors that Shane Gothis Bear was going to get traded since, like, 2018. And I think this was the year—this <laughs> was the year— what was the year that he was nominated for the for the call or for the call? There was it, fifteen sixteen, I think. I don't know. I, th- I
2: think I think it was that year because I remember being being in in, in grade twelve.
0: Yeah, because it was. So I'm, I'm trying think, to. Yeah, remember, that was it, it. it was sixteen seventeen. Was I'm trying to remember who was the nomination. It was Panarin Pen- was sixteen. Uh, it was Gothis Bear, Panarin. And I don't Maybe know. Who,
2: McDavid was probably still in there, or Eichel.
0: I don't think it was. I think it was McDavid, and then they gave it to Panarin, which was really stupid. But again, the well, NHL. McDavid is got weird, injured that year. Yeah, that that's also a reason. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Like looking at half of these like rosters right now, looking back, looking back at it right now, I don't mean to be a pessimist, but I'm born in Toronto, so I'm kind of like born and raised to be a pessimist. Does this pandemic potentially lead to a lockout somewhere down the line more accelerated because i thought there was going to be one in a few years anyway so does this maybe reinforce it or like or what do you think about or are people just going to maybe like be a little less critical of it just because it's affecting everybody like I, i i'm curious about that
1: I would argue the other side of it. Um, I would say that I think they would be less likely to go into a lockout because of all the money and everything they're already losing now. Um, the NHL also already struggles so much, I think, to kind of grow the sport and the game. Obviously, we're all huge hockey fans, but in America, it's you know definitely the most the least popular of the major sports. So I think that it would just, you know, if they did a lockout, you know, next year or the season after, that would just be a huge blow to the game, you know, already losing this season pretty much and then losing another one in in recent years. So I think they'd kind of, you know, do everything in their power to prevent that from happening. Uh, Not to say that it wouldn't happen. I've been wrong before, but um, I would think logically they'd want to, (laughs) to avoid that at all costs. Although when does the NHL use logic? Not much. So, who knows?
0: Oh yeah, we'll we'll definitely get to that uh shortly because Joey and I have strong feelings about uh another piece of uh of hockey news that came out over the last little bit. Um what's really funny is like um me and jo- me and Joey both uh, like I mentioned we do another show and one of our, our co hosts is a Devils fan. And Joey is very um very like fond to stir of the pot. Yeah, he's very fond of, of kind of ripping on the devils just because of the season that they're having and we had a whole argument about uh the quote that pk Subban said that he was he's still a top defenseman in the league <laughs> so i'm I'm judging by your laughter that that is very far from the truth yeah uh,
1: <laughs> i'd have to agree that's very far from the truth um Oh, God. See, I, I like him as a person. I really do, so I don't want to no, talk. I love PK. <laughs> um, you know, don't think top in the league in, in any regard describes him anymore, sadly. um, But ignorance is bliss, I guess.
0: <laughs> Who would have thought and, that four years later, we would have thought that Shea Weber is the better player of that deal as of today. Like, it's, it's insane dude, to me. Thought, that, that trade, like, oh man i
2: remember that was the that that whole like 10 minutes in hockey went down like like the day of my prom (laughs) (laughs) and it was it was just crazy and like i i immediately like my first instinct was what the hell are the Habs thinking they lost that trade weber's like like, old but yeah who would have thought i would have had yeah like i was like i was like getting ready and like like, my suit, and then my phone's going crazy. I'm like, oh, cool. Oh, cool. whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. No, I thought I thought it was, Taylor like, Taylor Hall actually, for- I thought it was you actually, like, went to the venue, like, had whatever the hell they gave you to eat, and then, like, literally in the middle of, like, eating, you pull out your phone, and you just start, like, choking. And then your date is just, like, <laughs> what's going on? And then your bros are just, Hall like... Taylor Hall for that? Yeah, and then you're literally just, like, glued to your phone the rest of the night, and she's just, like, screw you, I'm going to do, like whatever like else and then like <laughs> funny of you to the assume the whole entire like, act, like actual wow wow that's that's brutal um <laughs> but like i was gonna say like like the whole like actual like prom going on you're like just glued to your phone and then after prom hits and you're just like okay phone goes away i need to drink to forget all of this stuff that just happened
2: especially if <laughs> like you're a
0: Habs fan like
2: i, I had, a, I had I... a buddy in high school who was a Habs fan and i remember just spending like a good portion of that night just ripping on him.
0: Yeah, I had a, I had a, a friend of mine who she was like – she wasn't like a – I don't want to call her like a crazy hockey fan, but she was like very – she was a casual fan, I would say. And she was a fan of the Habs, and I called her about half an hour after that happened, and she was, she was taking a nap. And I was just like, so did you hear the news? And she's like, what? And I'm just like, oh – like, there was a trade between the Habs and Preds, and I'm like, who did we trade? And then she's like, P-, I'm like, P.K. Subban. Literally hangs up Call. Like, literally started spam texting me, like, a bunch of, like, no's repeatedly. I think she ended up sending me, like, the the, the Darth Vader gif of just him screaming no. And I'm just like, okay, she's, she's handling this well. Uh, but, yeah, looking back at, like, the game is so weird. Every single year... There's always a weird thing that happens, and it's it's really weird in a way, and it kind of the shows Peter Shirley like, effect. Yes, Peter Shirley. Am I the only one that thinks that Peter Shirley should get a job in, in in the league again? I think he should. Or right, I mean, <laughs> how about this? Okay, like it I makes was thinking, interesting. I thought of this. Okay, so. I'm looking at teams that like would most likely fire their GM and like not many would. Like the only one that I could think of that might get fired that hasn't been fired yet is probably going to be Dale Town in Florida just because the the Panthers organization apparently is, is a fucking mess. Um but I was I was going to joke with uh with Luke our co-host that uh, that Peter Shirelli was going to go to New Jersey. And he was going to turn New Jersey into the, the the Edmonton Oilers of 2010 2015, where they win the draft lottery every year, and then those picks take like six years to develop, because you know that's that's the way. Um, but I I feel like the Devils have so much bad luck. Like Corey Schneider, like I I just feel bad for the guy. He's he's a strange goalie. He uh, to be fair, he did have a 900 save percentage at one point, but now now it's not. 887 is the worst that I've seen. Uh, but enough of ragging on the devils. We'll, we'll do that when Luke's here. Should we go into Akeem Because I know that you have a lot of things to say about it, Joey.
2: People are going to get called out.
0: Yeah, by people, you mean the people that were already called out in the... No,
2: actually, no. Oh,
0: okay. All right. So um, we'll get our, our lovely guests' thoughts on it first, um, because it is a crazy... Uh, article. We've heard bits and pieces about it, but this is the first time that we've actually heard the well. One of the players involved. I think the other people that were mentioned in the article will not speak out about it again, just because of the fear of the backlash that they'll get. Um. But Nikki, I have to I have to ask you. Like, this is obviously a very serious topic. But like, what, what? was what was your thought? Like, going through and like finding out about all of this like more so from what you found out earlier in the year because I think this whole everything dropped around around mid-November to December so with about four or five months later what was what would be your takeaway from this
1: so I feel like first and foremost I wasn't surprised at all um I work pretty tirelessly um for the efforts of making sure that hockey is a safe community for everyone that's something that i kind of pride myself on Um, with my company obviously we focus really heavily on women Um, but you know the message that hockey is for everyone is something that i've said for quite a while just isn't true Um, i think it makes me really upset kind of like the article said that you know the nhl uses that phrase hockey is for everyone is kind of like a gimmick and it's just so far from the truth and it's so far from that locker room culture that it's kind of disgusting that they even think that it's okay to use it because it's just not true at all. Um, we have a really 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 long way to go before they could say that with you know any sense of confidence. but I think this article was really heartbreaking to read it in black and white. I think that he was incredibly brave for opening up and you know saying how he feels and the comments to this on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook everywhere were absolutely appalling. Um, and I think for every vocal racist, there are a thousand ones that aren't vocal. And I just, I, I'm really upset. I'm sad that this is hockey is a sport that I love so much. And I think there's so much good in hockey. I think there's so much brotherhood and unity. But that brotherhood and unity is is not spread throughout the entirety of the game. Um, you see it, you know, with the way that women in sports are treated. And now, you know, we're learning more about the way that. Minorities in sports are treated, are treated, and it's just, it's really upsetting, and it's upsetting that you know I work in the league, and that you know day in and day out, this is the the game that I'm promoting, and I just don't feel like even you know myself as a woman really belong. So I think that there's a lot of work to be done. What really upset me the most is that not until a few days later, and still I think it's only has been two um, you know, at white professional athletes that have actually stood up for him and shared the article uh, and shared their thoughts.
2: It was
1: three, but that's three. Three. No. right. But yeah, but still I, I think that, you know, what made me really sad is that he talked throughout the article about the lack of brotherhood and, you know, feeling like his teammates, you know, weren't his teammates. And I think that the silence spoke really, really fucking loud. Um and there was, you know, it was a chance for so many people to just send out a tweet Um, And, you know, sure, they might have reached out to him behind the scenes, but they needed to do it publicly because things won't change until they start to change it. Um, And it shouldn't be up to minority players to make the changes. The changes, you know, they've already been through so much. It needs to be changed for people who have privilege and they need to recognize it and start to speak out.
0: Oh, absolutely. I I could not have said any of that better myself. I'll I'll let Joey go go next because he's got some really strong feelings.
2: That's my whole... Um, argument about it too like all like the comments you saw on like twitter and like instagram or anywhere really like they were just like there's like horrible horrible like things like oh when's this guy's 15 minutes of fame like like shut up he's not making any money off of this he's not i don't think he's made a penny out of it he's just sees an issue that he's trying to fix that he was like personally affected he's not personally attacking oh my god like i can't go on like I don't know, I was just, those comments are all so upsetting, but, like, the thing that makes me even more upset is, like, the lack of, like, of, like, the, the white guys in the sport, like speaking out. Like, so far, from, to my knowledge, it's only been Stephen Johns in Dallas, Robin Leonard, and Ryan Miller. Okay, good for those guys, but those three guys are hardly people that are going to have enough influence to do, like, make any change. Where's, exactly. the superstars? Where's... Where's Sidney Crosby saying anything? Where's Connor McDavid? Where's where's I'll even call out John Tavares. They're, they're, where's there? you
1: No, no yeah. one on my team. And I think it's upsetting mm. too. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like
2: oh.
1: if, as you know, someone who covers the Capitals, and I really think usually the Capitals do a good job on promoting inclusivity, but it made me really upset to see that not one spoke out. Um, even you know when all the lefty comments were going on, not one athlete spoke out against him so I just think that we need to get to a point where athletes are speaking out publicly um yeah sure things might be said behind the scenes and that's all fine and dandy but it's not going to change until they use their platform for good
2: yeah it's like it's like oh yeah but you know hockey players aren't aren't like that they're all they're, they're all pretty quiet it's like it's like well this is the sport that, that that's given them millions of dollars and basically like is their life the least they can do do is do something to try to help it for to help out for like other people who to, so they can all get that same opportunity. Like you know what I'm trying to say? I didn't put yeah, in the it best true. words, but yeah,
1: no, wholeheartedly,
2: like, respond Yeah, on it. it's it's just like so, so upsetting. Like you have like that huge platform. Like like if if you have Connor McDavid saying something about it, it'll open some eyes and something will change. If you have Sidney Crosby doing that, if you have Alex Ovechkin doing that, it they open their eyes. Like they all like to put the rainbow tape on their sticks before everybody i night and everything it's like it's like start start acting like it you know it's a, it's, exactly. it's really it's really upsetting it's just like really tiresome to just see all these issues happening in the sport and have absolutely nobody like like caring what it looks like it's like they're just like it's almost like their silence is like they're like oh yeah whatever it's fine
1: the silence it, you know it's really loud the silence is deafening i think there was something i saw um, on twitter about from some journalists and again I, you don't know what is true and what's not i'm not trying to slander anyone i'm just spreading a message but um you know how they had reached out multiple times to the penguins before this asking you know to talk about race and hockey and you know asking to get the players thoughts and we're basically just told like why you keep asking about this um and it was actually mm-hmm. upsetting because a player like Sidney crosby has so much of a platform and you know he said something not only could he make a difference but there is you know a young black boy who's playing hockey that doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. he belongs and there's Sidney crosby who's saying no you do belong you are supposed to be here so it just makes me really upset that all it takes is like three fucking words or a tweet to really change someone's life Mm -hmm. and they can't do that so it's just you might be a good guy behind the scenes but it's like use your platform for goodness sakes (laughs) like do something
2: if something if something like this were to happen in the nba lebron james isn't exactly about it if the, yeah. Like if this happens in in baseball, Mookie Betts isn't isn't gonna stay quiet about it. it yeah, it's I think just like I feel like there's just this problem with hockey.
1: Yeah, and like, it's the league a lot like the league really tries to silence their players, and it's still I mean at the end of the day they're grown boys they can speak out, but you know the league yeah. is big old boys club and they don't want any controversy and they want it to be this like perfectly packaged you know box the bow on top but that's just not what it is um and the ugly is already out there like I don't know what they think they're hiding now like it's out there people know it so they needed to speak on it because it's just it's making them look even worse which is what they're trying to avoid they don't even really care about you know what people the actual Mm -hmm. implications of it they just don't want to look bad
0: yeah and like what really pissed me off about like reading the article like going back like you both made amazing points but in my honest opinion, like, I think the NHL is probably the most fakest, like, most, you know, non-transparent league that there is. Like, if, like the NBA is amazing when it comes to, you know, battling diversity and, you know, opening it up to everybody and whatnot. Like, the, it, baseball, it's still obviously a little bit, like, it's still a little tainted, but it has gotten some improvements. You're seeing a lot more females getting jobs in there you're seeing a lot more you know obviously diverse in terms of race but when you look at like uh the nfl and the nhl those are the two that really come to mind and i'm just like this is ridiculous like one thing that was really stupid and this is obviously a little bit unrelated to um to the article which i'll get back to in a second was um the nfl putting in a rule uh that uh basically covers like if you were to hire somebody that was a visible minority which was like what so they like, have to
2: interview at least two at least two candidates for like coaching jobs or GM jobs or whatever
0: of yeah, a but, but
2: minority. Were,
0: but there was one about like draft compensation that I saw that, that yeah. Luke sent to us, and I was just like, like what? Why do you need to worry but, about compensation in that, but, but in that? you know what? Sense. At
2: least there, at least there, there you can see them at least putting in an effort, unlike the NHL, who's just like, oh yeah, sitting I there think, just like, oh well.
0: Yeah, it's like I think with hockey, like. There's still a sense of fear, and there's still a sense of, like, we don't want our players, you know, going out of control. Like, one of the things that really pissed me off, like, initially once this report came out, because, like, keep in mind, this started, you know, basically, I don't want to say this started out of nowhere, but this caught fire after, not to pertain this to the Leafs, but after the Mike Babcock firing. Because it went, Babcock got fired, reports came out that he was kind of a dick, reports came out that he was, you know being fairly uh, unfair and unjust towards players. Akeem Alou comes out and, and talks about Bill Peters, who is or at, was at, buddies. Yeah, was underneath Babcock, learning underneath him, has similar uh, habits. Now, I'm not going to go out and say that Mike Babcock was an abusive, like, physical p- person like Bill Peters was accused of being. But, I don't think like, he was
2: also racially, like... Yeah, and I
0: well? and I think to be completely honest and I I know some people may look at this as being like completely like over exaggerated or whatnot but I think they need to do this. You know how in major league baseball how people get banned permanently? The NHL yeah. should look at doing this. Like Bill Peters should not ever coach in the NHL ever again. Steve Downey should not be involved with any form of NHL publicity ever again. Like there's so much going on with this. And another thing was, like even like with with certain like um, outlets that the NHL has, like Spit and Chicklets to be example. Um, like I think I don't know if they interviewed him at all. I don't know if they interviewed Akeem at all. But they should have done that. They should have said like, here's a platform. It's completely open. All three of us are out of the game. Let's talk about this. You know, let's let, let's put it out there because the amount of people, fans and players that listen to, to Spit and Chiclets is is phenomenal and if you get that platform out there you really you know spread that amongst everybody and be like hey this is a problem we need to address it but it's all it's two things it's fear that um because owners and and coaches they have so much power because if you it's like speaking up against your your boss at a in a in a company, it's like if you speak up against your boss, guess what? You're gonna get a pay cut. You're gonna get written up. You're gonna get, you know, uh,
2: it's, like, it's like there's a there's an NHL blacklist that yeah. like they'll and I think to, to, and then like
0: and I think unfortunately, like you see players thrown into this void of like, okay, I can't speak up against anything. I'm just gonna go about my piece. And it it goes, you know, on every sense of the way it's, you know, we saw it, it focuses on, on people being racist, people being, you know, prejudiced, people being biased towards, you know, what they like. And it's like what Nikki said, the NHL is essentially a boys club run by a bunch of, I don't mean to sound like stereotypical over here, but by a bunch of white Caucasian men who sit in a conference room, shoot the shit with one another and don't want to take accountability like one of the things that really pissed me off was was um once uh this whole uh Akimalu story started to come to light and the league basically came out and said we have a players association for a reason if you have a complaint file it through that it's like no it's not like the players stuff association stuff to be brought to light yeah and it's not like if first of all what makes you think they haven't done that yet you know what i mean because like who knows You know, for all we know, the Players Association could be a joke. Yeah, exactly. And I think to be completely honest with you, like, don't you think, like, first of all, don't you think they could have done that before? And maybe no one filtered their complaint? Like, the Players Association is not an HR office. You know, there's no HR representative, to my knowledge. I'm sure that, you know, there there possibly is. But there needs to be more... you know, there needs to be more awareness. There needs to be more uh, unity with this. And I think, to be completely honest with you, I I have a funny feeling that what the NHL would have done in an ideal world um, is they would have, you know, made Akeem Alou sort of like an ambassador, a spokesperson. You know, create something that is actually legitimate and talking about people that are discriminated on a daily basis. And a part of me just feels like they would do like um, w- with Robin Leonard of giving him the, the Masterton Trophy and whatnot. Now, granted, I'm not saying that the Masterton Trophy is a joke because it is great to share somebody who's helping out in the community, who's helping out and, and being motivational. And like Robin Leonard's story is arguably like top two with this one in regards of being powerful. But I think they should have been like, OK, this is a problem. We need to rectify it, and we need to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And like the two of you just said, the amount of people that responded from a player's viewpoint is embarrassing to me. Like, Dan Carcillo, I'll give him credit. Like, you know, I think hockey fans remember him. He was he was a little shit. But, you know, yeah. he's, he's come out, and he's been one of probably the most influential people when it comes to – CTE, when it comes to, you know, people trade, right, he's acknowledged his wrongdoings, and he's a spokesperson that you need. You need somebody like him, you need somebody like Akeem Malou, and you need somebody, you know, or some people to collaborate together to establish that sense of unity. But the problem is, they, the NHL doesn't want to deal with it. Like, you saw how they already dealt with the concussion lawsuit. Like, they basically just swept it under the rug and, and acted like it didn't happen. So it's like... Yeah. If you're not gonna focus on the player's health, like what makes you think you're gonna focus on the player's, um, you know, well-being and that there's a sense of unity in the workplace? Like it's, it's hard.
1: And yeah, it's it's just really disappointing. Like, and as you know, a woman in sports, and I, as a white woman, I still have a ton of privilege, and I'm not gonna compare my story, and in, in anyway, into Akeem's or to any other, you know, black or minority athlete in in any professional sport that. Um, you know even just as a woman in hockey it's you know you walk into a locker room after a game and there's just this sense of you know uncomfortableness and you looked at like what are you doing here or you know when you're sitting up in the press box and um, you're treated different and, you know I never I don't like to call people out I'm still so early on in my career and I don't you know I don't want to burn bridges cause you don't know necessarily what people's intentions are but you have a pretty good idea you know like your gut is pretty you know spot on so it's just kind of been you know situations where myself or some of the girls that work for me have you know had things said to them by men and you just know like if they were not a girl it wouldn't have happened um so it's just it's just really sad and I think that you know like like all we've all been saying it's not really going to change until they allow people to really speak out and make a difference instead of trying to silence them and you know we need to start getting like all of these old white dudes out of like the positions of power. (laughs) There needs to be, you know, it needs to be more diverse. And I think until that happens, then then they can say hockey is for everyone and people feel comfortable. And there's a lot of great organizations that are doing a lot of work, you know, Black Girl Hockey Club on on Twitter has been doing an incredible job and of making, you know, black people in the community feel really comfortable. Um, But, you know, it shouldn't be on their shoulders to be doing all the work. The heavy lifting has to be done by people who already have that platform
0: oh for sure yeah I think, I think
2: for like the whole like so i think for like the whole like hockey culture to like switch it's got to come from a grassroots level but that's not gonna happen unless you have like the stars of the game today saying something about it for like the younger kids to look up to and being like and like being like yeah you know what it's okay for for everybody to play. it's okay for like all the um for like it's okay that that someone different from me is playing on on my peewee team with me or whatever like like i don't do you guys know what i'm what i'm I'm saying like it's got to like it won't start at the grassroots level unless you've got like people supporting the idea from from like and then that's again where the the superstars come in and if they really want to see the game the game change it's got to come from them
0: yeah and i think like in in my like personal life like i'm looking on a career like I'm in a sport management program um so you know it's basically you know along the lines of you know we need to change things at a classroom level because you know we it like with that like the one of the number one reasons why kids are like you know sort of you know a little you know, deterred from playing sport is because they're so you know unmotivated at a, at a young level. You know, you want to make sure that you build them in a way so that, or you know, you you help them, you train them in a way that when they go, you know, if they decide to go professional or whatnot, like they can, you know, they can have that confidence and and they have the changes, like you know, more inclusiveness, you know, more diverse um you know my more diverse uh populations coming together uh, and celebrating them like i met a guy uh about a month ago who was the um head of uh of culinary and like community services with with the blue jays and he he said one of the biggest things that he wanted to do was to grow the game and grow it to different nationalities like we just signed Hinjin ryu like he wants to tap into that korean market and, you know, expre- and, you know br- grow that, you know, and express, like, hey, even though you may be different from what society may label you as, we're going to acknowledge you, we're going to celebrate you, and we're going to, you know, put you and show that, hey, you know, we have difference, we have variety in that. And I just think, like, again, like, I, I know we're, like, rehashing a lot of the same shit, but, like, you know, we all need to do something and like joey said if it starts at the grassroots level and works your and you work your way up and you're you know then you won't have to put as much work in because a lot of these kids are going to be taught okay this is what's right this is what's wrong this is what i should say this is what i shouldn't and another thing that i think they need to say is like they should have they should be allowed to be vulnerable like vulnerability is the key like, in the article, like, I don't want to spend too much time on it because we've been on it for a long time, but he states, like, everyone was afraid. Like, his uh, like his team captain at the time, who, who confronted uh, Bill Peters after he was basically being discriminated against, he even stated, like, he could only do so much without fearing, I might get my captaincy taken away, I might get, you know, demoted, I might get benched, you know, stuff like that. We need to and the stigma of sort of like vulnerability is a sign of weakness you know what I mean like you need to 100%. do that for sure But and, and just it's sad that the NHL hasn't done that yet like I just think if, if the NHL was more inclusive and more and they and even if they spent they should not just spend you know a, hockey is for everyone and spend like a weekend or a couple weeks doing it do it year round in, do it in the off season do it when you know things are different because it shows and in the way that we are right now in the way that the world is changing, show that you're adapting instead of moving two steps back like we saw obviously this is a um these are two different examples that I'm about to bring up But the whole stuff with Keandre miller in in New York it's like why why is this stuff still happening like why is this? you know still a common issue in in sport and another thing was like I hate to probably bring this up to you Nikki because I'm sure you've probably heard about it it's like the stuff with Brendan Leipzig like this is it's ridiculous (laughs) now now, I
1: feel like with that sorry did I cut you off no 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 go ahead go ahead um I feel like with that situation what made me really uncomfortable is that my fear was they're going to send him back down to Hershey and like as someone who is frequently in the locker room and doing post-game scrums in Hershey, like I would not feel comfortable walking into a locker room that he was a part of, like no way, shape and form. I wouldn't do it. So it's just, that shows me that there are so many men that are saying things like that, that I will have to interview or I will have to talk to you. That makes me so uncomfortable as, you know, as someone who's not like your conventional, like super thin, blonde, attractive Um, you know woman like I already feel uncomfortable sometimes after interviewing players or wondering like what are they saying about me behind my back so I think like that was just super hurtful to read some of those comments that he said and know that a lot of guys in hockey probably feel the same way um so I think it's just yeah it's it's super gross
0: it is yeah like I'm I'm kind of like a part of me like growing up is like maybe I would have loved to play like pro sports but then after hearing stuff like this it's kind of like maybe I made the right choice because, like, you know, I I don't have to go through that, like, like knock on wood, I don't have to go through that because, you know, obviously there's different standards for different people, like you said. And I think, like, we just need to break that stigma, like, especially, like, one of the funniest things where it's, like, guys are saying, like, oh, my God, I can't believe, like, she's so knowledgeable in sports. Like, I, I didn't even know that. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe that she's that athletic. I didn't think that she had it in her. It's like – The question would be a surprise. Yeah, it's like give that <laughs> shit a rest. Like there's there's female athletes too. Like and uh, like we've seen so many like female athletes like worldwide that are inspiring. Like Serena Williams was – or is a huge one. Like me and Joey uh, in our show last night, we had to do – we had to pick a bunch of athletes that would – uh we would want to have with us in a dark alley – you know, something was <laughs> sketchy, and Joey automatically picked Serena Williams, and I'm just like, that is not a bad pick at all. Hell because yeah, he's a beast. Exactly, yeah. You want to pick somebody who's passionate, out there, so skilled. Oh, for sure, yeah. And like, like the the backlash, like in, in Canada with Bianca Andreescu, like that was big. I want to see more of that. But unfortunately, and then another thing that really pissed me off, like I'll, I'll end on this, was uh, the stuff with Brandon Prust which really annoyed me. I don't know if you remember that Joey, Um, but Brock McGillis, who's a really, really great um, hockey follow. Uh, I'm shouting shouting him out. He's amazing. Um, Basically going out and trying to point out that uh, all hockey players are not all hockey players, but a majority are very toxic or very, you know, negative and whatnot. And Brandon Frost was just being full defense negative. Like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You know, you weren't even good enough to play pro. And I'm just like, dude, you haven't played pro hockey in, like, three years. Chill. Like, you, sh- I don't think you should be the one to uh, to go ahead and say uh, that. But, yeah, I thought more or less just goes on to say, like, there's so much things to, to do. So, uh, with that being said, there, this was a really great uh, conversation. Uh, I think me and Joey both can agree uh, that we – Thank you, Nikki, that you came on and, and talked with us. It, it was good to definitely uh, have an outside voice come in because we're both very, uh, like, it's mainly both of us. So, like, we want to get more people on. Yeah. Uh, I know, on. Fun. Yeah. And this was really fun. Like, I'm glad that we all talked. Like, it's good that we had some topics. Granted, there's still a lot of uncertainty right now. And hopefully, like, things start to grow and things start to pick up and start to turn more positive. Um, but at this point, who knows? So, um, so yeah, once again, we want to thank Nikki for, for coming on and, and talking to myself and Joey. Uh, if you want to follow her on Twitter, uh, she is at Nikki Giordano underscore. Uh, we'll be sure we'll link the tweet. Once we, uh, we post the show, it will most likely go out, uh, later today. Once we're done recording it. Um, and then also you all can, uh, if you want to plug, uh, Pucker Up Sports, by all means, you could go ahead and, uh, just spread your, (laughs) yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you guys want to follow Pucker Up Sports, our our main Twitter is at Pucker Up Sports, and then all of the sub Twitters you kind of can find from there. Um, we're at PuckerUpSports.com. There's about 33 journalists working for me right now. So tons of content. We're, you know, articles going out every day. So, you guys need your you know sports fix be sure to head on over there and support some um up-and-coming women in the sports industry
0: absolutely yeah I couldn't have said that better myself I I, I'm all for you know supporting women in the in the sports field like especially with people in my program like I'm in I'm in sport management so like I, I love to see like females growing and you know the the business field of sport and whatnot so yeah. it's really great um so yeah you guys can check out nikki you can also uh, check out her podcast which she mentioned earlier um yeah any final comments from you two before we wrap things up
2: uh, don't be like steve down
0: <laughs> that, that, that's great okay so
1: thing now- to close with uh thank you guys <laughs> so much for having me i really enjoyed the conversation
0: Oh, no problem. Yeah, it was it was really fun. And also, I Joey, just to t- uh, touch on the Steve Downey thing before we go, the dude's numbers, he only had two really good seasons. The rest, he was really shit. Like, oh, my all God. All I
2: remember is that hit he threw in a preseason that, like, knocked somebody out and he was just bended for, like, half a season. That's all I remember from him. To all I
0: remember was he was a penguin. I don't even remember when he was with Tampa or with Colorado, or even with Philly. Hmm. Dude was weird. Uh, But, yeah, Steve Mm -hmm. Downey is a piece of shit. So is Bill Peters. Case closed. Uh, So with that in mind, uh, we'll thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next week when we figure something else to do. Hopefully we have more stuff to talk about that's entertaining. So y'all take care and stay safe out there.